And Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Thus far, our text from Mark chapter 4. Please be seated. Fellow redeemed in the Lord, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we have a beautiful parable, a story that Jesus told, and it wasn't to teach people about farming. It was to teach people about the rule and the reign of God so that they would be encouraged in the midst of a troubled world. That was a beautiful hymn that we just sang, wasn't it? And it talks to us about how wonderful it is that God has come into this troubled world and that from the very beginning, God's intent has been life. So even in the midst of a world full of trouble and pain, God's intention is going to happen. And he has entered this world to put things right. But that's very difficult for us to comprehend. Because as we look around and we see sin and trouble, we're frightened. And it's real. There's reason to be frightened. And we start to miss the greater reality of the faithfulness of God. Also, as we become familiar with God's holiness through his word, the other thing that frightens us is our own lack of holiness, our sins, our lack of love. And these terrify us again even more. So God has found it important, and Jesus in teaching us, to give us a way to come to understand what is evident in all creation is also true for us. And so he starts his story in all creation. And again, this isn't to teach us about farming, not even in the least. If it was to teach us about farming, then that's the way we got to hear it. But if we want to hear it as Jesus was teaching it, he said the kingdom of heaven is like. And by the kingdom of heaven, he is saying the rule and the realm of God is like. And so he tells us a story that is accessible to us. You know, recently I saw, and this story, by the way, is about a farmer planting a field. Recently I saw a picture of a farmer who had just finished putting in the crop. I couldn't have seen a happier man. Now, of course, if you would have looked out at the field, it looked like nothing, just flat dirt. Why was he so happy? If you consider the fact that the farmer had to have all that property and rent it or buy it or whatever, or pay taxes on it, that he had to own all the machinery 
that he had to maintain it all, that he had to have it ready, that he had to buy all the seed, that he had to go out and work and put all the seed into the field. I would like to know, any farmers that are here, do you know what is the per acre cost of putting in a crop? I think it's probably a lot if you factored in all of that. Crop insurance and everything, it's probably a lot, a lot. Yet this farmer was smiling. Had this great sense of accomplishment. Now why would a farmer, considering all of the things that could go wrong, have such a sense of accomplishment upon putting in the crop in the field? Except that he remembers something wonderful about the Creator. It, Jesus talked about it, you know, said, the man goes out and sows the seed, and he don't know how, he just knows he sows it and then comes up. All by itself. Because that's the way God made it. God made it for life. See, that is what God wants us to remember today. To remember the things of the first article of the creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. To look at all the beauty that surrounds us and remember that it is here by the intent, intention and purpose and action of the Almighty God. That's the only thing that holds it together. And that God only does this out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy. That's what God is like. And so when we walk into creation, and when we see in someone like a farmer planting the field, and as you would know from talking to perhaps any number of believing farmers over the years, many very profoundly faithful people trust in the Lord directly and put their investment on the table, trusting in the Lord for the rain, to give the growth, and at the right time, the crop. The crop is interesting too. You probably have driven around in the fall and see the corn stalks that are usually tall as trees, it seems like to me, these corn jungles so you could get lost in them. And around June and July, everything looks so vigorous. By the end of August, things start to look a little ragged. And by September and everything, wow, those things are, they're dead. The ears of corn are there. What would happen if there was no harvest? The grain, the crop, would fall over in the winter and mold and be gone. You see, the harvest is a salvation harvest. When the farmer goes out into the field, he's saving the grain for the great purpose for which it was created. And he goes out and saves it from the destruction that would just happen if it were laying out in the field. And he brings it into the barn and it serves the purpose that it was created for. Fellow redeemed, God created this world for life. And he created you for the purpose of serving him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. He created you for life. Therefore, when sin entered the world through the temptation of the evil one and our own falling away from the purposes of God, God wouldn't simply stand aside. Rather, in faithfulness, he entered the world himself. He entered the world and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord,
He came to save. Think of Jesus, in the sense from the Father's perspective, like that holy seed that will come into the ground. As Jesus said, as the Father has sent me. The Father did send Jesus. And then Jesus further planted the word as he taught about the rule and the realm, the kingdom of God, using parables and to his own disciples as they were in faith, listening, ears tuned. He explained them, even as we explain them today, so that the people would comprehend, understand, and grow in faith all the more. This Jesus came into this world, and think of him like a farmer. Well, as he would plant the seed around, um, many of his disciples who would see many challenges to Jesus, people calling his names, calling the Holy Spirit terrible things they don't even want to think about. They saw the opposition. It was frightening. And so Jesus gave them this beautiful little story so that they would have faith, have hope, don't give up. You've seen how a farmer plants a field and he knows that by itself it's going to grow. It's going to bear fruit. God's word says, my word doesn't return to me empty, but it accomplishes the purpose for which I send it. So Jesus didn't go out hand-wringing, worrying that as he preached the word, it was without effect. No, it was having the effect of law and gospel. It was having the effect of calling people to repentance so that they could have faith in Jesus and be saved. So that they could be rescued from death and brought to life. It is as if this beautiful story is to tell people, don't worry. Have faith. Trust in the Lord. It is for this very purpose, despite all the trials and troubles that you face, at the end there will be a harvest and you will be saved. You will be gathered into the barn for the eternal purpose, which is to be God's children, is in his everlasting kingdom. What a beautiful way for us to remember, to kind of take our eyes up from the, all of the scary things that we see in the news and in the world around us, all of the scary things that we even see in our own sinfulness and our own hearts, and just remember Jesus. Remember that he is God come to save. That he's broken wide all of the boundaries between our troubled world and the life that is to come. And he is here to bless, to comfort, and to draw us closer to him. But you know, this holy seed came into the world not simply just to speak. He came into this world to act. Because Jesus would not only teach and encourage his disciples, and he prepared them, though, to see the time that would be the most challenging of all, when they would see how God would actually end death forever by facing death for us. Our Lord Jesus Christ came to Jerusalem and went to the cross and was crucified and died there, the sacrificial lamb, the culmination of all sacrifice, the payment for all sin. When Jesus died, our sin died with him. And God did that intentionally. 
so that nothing would separate us from him. Jesus not only died, but he was buried. This is so that we know that Jesus wasn't simply just passed out, but he was, he died. No more life, no more breath in him. He was buried as all the dead are buried. But there's something different about this, so that not even death would cause us to despair. Because this Jesus, true man who could truly die, is true God who could truly overcome death. So on the third day, a day when we would think who's ever in that tomb is in there for good, Jesus broke the bonds of death. He rose in glory from the dead, physically walking from the tomb. Planted in the ground, he himself became the harvest, not just of one, but of all who believe in him. And that includes you, as you believe in the name of Jesus Christ. For in Jesus, your sinful nature died on the cross, in Jesus, you were raised with him from the dead, never to die again. His life now is your life, and you will walk with him in holiness and righteousness, not just in the future, but through daily repentance and faith in him, walk with him in the life eternal today. Today is Father's Day, and it is such a blessing to be a father, isn't it? Gentlemen who are here as dads, grandpas, with uh, family perhaps, or perhaps family distant. It is such a blessing. And it is humbling also, isn't it, gentlemen? As we consider the uh, children, spouse who looks up to us with um, love and respect, and we ourselves look in the mirror and think, wow, they are patient with me. How is it that we can even go on? How is it that we can go on in this ministry and calling when we consider the Word of God, the holiness of Jesus Christ, the example of our Heavenly Father, and look upon ourselves, and we see our sin. Well, I want to encourage you today, because whenever you look at yourself and you see your imperfection, remember your baptism. When you are baptized, all of your imperfection, all of your sins, died. They were drowned. They were bound to Jesus Christ, and he took them to the cross, and he did away with them once and for all and forever. When you rise from those waters of your baptism, you are raised from the death of that sin to walk with Jesus. And that's God's creation. The same God that makes all creation, causes everything to spring up and grow, causes new life to spring up and grow in you. And it's all about God. No, it's not about our own human strength. 
That would make me despair right away. Should you too, and I'm sure it does. But if you trust in the Lord, you know that He does even more. He does more than we can even imagine. He who holds the whole universe together makes out of sinful people His workmanship, raises fathers to be in the image of the Heavenly Father, to love with a selfless kind of love. You know, Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, he also went on one time speaking to his disciples, speaking to us. He said, As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. God sent us to bear fruit. And in particular, as you think of the role of a father, the role, there's only one who's perfect, and that is Jesus. But God has called us to be faithful. God has called us to share the words, the name of Jesus, to bless one another. My own dad, as I've talked to you about before, he loves to have a final greeting, every phone call, every time we talk to him. And it's, there's goodbye, love you, and Scandinavians, so we can never really, we're like a leaky faucet. You can't really say goodbye once. It's just like, goes on and on and on and on. So, but that's the way we do things. The last